Hello, you're listening to the HRD Live podcast. This conversation with Laura P. Dannels, Chief Learning Officer and Vice President of Wellstar, was recorded remotely from our homes on May 21st, 2020, during the coronavirus lockdown. And as such, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. It's our mission at HRD to bring you the most important insights in HR and business transformation, regardless of where we are in the world or how we do it. And we'll continue to do so, whatever happens. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the HRD Live podcast, where I'm thrilled to be joined by Laura P. Dannels live from lockdown. Laura, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. It, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, first things first, then, uh, what have you seen generally around uh, businesses responding to COVID, leadership responding to COVID in the lockdown process? And like, what, what, what have you felt generally about it? Yeah, you know, it's been interesting uh, working within healthcare and seeing uh, really firsthand, I think, kind of the struggle of dealing with uh, both today, but also kind of this volatile, uncertain, changing, ambiguous um, environment. Um, I think you've really seen kind of two camps of leaders, if you will, kind of coming out, those that are very comfortable dealing with that ambiguity and in this mm-hmm. environment, and those who are kind of pausing a little bit more um, and waiting for direction. So you've really seen, I think, those kind of the difference between leaders and managers emerging. Right, right. That's interesting. So in terms of what I suppose leaders and, and managers, what they should be prioritizing then, um, what, what do you think should be the main focus compared maybe to what you actually have seen? <laughs> yeah, I think at its heart, um, you know, now more so than ever, when you have uh, employees who are very vulnerable um, in, in a situation they've never really been in, now more than mm. ever, I think it's really about getting in touch um, with the people and focusing on the people and knowing that um, individuals react so differently to changes, especially something, uh, you know, as life shattering as COVID that could impact, you know, families, finances, um, really across the board. I think there's never really been a more important time to have leaders who are in touch really with the needs of their of their employees. Of course, it, it's it's so it's really hard. It's never been more important, but it's never been harder as well to communicate with people mm-hmm. as well. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how have you found the, the communication process, I suppose, with your teams and, and in your business? Have you had to react and change in any very sudden ways? And how have you found that process? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a very interesting process. Um, I think, you know, you see some people that are much more comfortable in this environment where, um, you know, we talk a lot about lowering um, decision making and empowering people to make decisions at lower levels. Mm. But I think right now um, you're really seeing that test of whether or not people feel comfortable. Um, and so to your point, you know, as I've looked at my team and watched who's responding and who's comfortable and who's not, um, I think it's those that really have that trust and confidence um, in themselves as leaders to really be able to push forward. Um, and, and those are the types of leaders that we need right now more so than ever is, is ones that can look towards the future and navigate unknown waters. Um, I think, mm. you know, gone are the days, uh, which have been for, for many years, but gone are the days where things are status quo. And, and it's an entirely different type of person who's a good leader versus a manager. Of course. So speaking about that connection with people, then one thing we, we've discussed before is um, humanity and the role that takes mm-hmm. in the employee experience. But first of all, I, th- I think I'd like to know um, what, what we mean by humanity. How do you define that uh, when we talk about the employee experience? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So um, many of the employee experience models that are out there right now, whether it's you know work by Raska or Jacob Morgan, when he talks a lot about the future of work, um, they talk a lot about you know the culture, physical workplace, technological workplace, 
And I still, you know, from a design thinking perspective, think we're still really taking an organizational view on employee experience. So if you look at most of the um, employee experience models that are out there, they resemble kind of an HR life cycle. And it talks about all the different stages from pre-hire all the way up through, you know, growing and developing in the organization, all the way to being perhaps alumni of that organization. And I think we haven't truly stepped, I think, from a design thinking perspective, I think we truly haven't stepped um, and used that empathy to really step into that modern employee's shoes still. Um, as, as you think about kind of what the, I like to call it the fourth industrial revolution, but in the last, you know, especially in the last 20 years, how much the workplace and demands on our time as employees have changed, um, our needs that we used to get met, whether that's in you know a home environment or through family or through other relationships, our entire kind of relationship with work has changed dramatically. And so um, I, I think that a lot of our kind of early employee experience models aren't necessarily yet getting to the kind of the core of human needs. Um, and maybe on the surface they are, um, but from just an overall design perspective, um, I think we have a lot of opportunity to strengthen that connection to overall human needs. It's a really good point. And I think now more than ever as well, that comes so massively to the fore, right, as well, that when suddenly HR's role is entering people's homes now and work is just such a different thing, really understanding the employee experience on that fundamental human level becomes so much more crucial but it's yeah i suppose for, for many like you've, you've just said for many many become leaders and, and that kind of makes sense and that communication makes sense but for others it doesn't how do you think then that hr can bring that humanity back then yeah. in, into the employee experience yeah so i think first off i'm really just having acknowledging and recognizing what are those core human needs and so you know way back when we were in school, we learned a lot about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And there's debate around the order of those needs as well of, you know, is that a Western view of, of human needs? But we're used to, you know, already seeing certain aspects. So if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, then you think of self-actualization, self-esteem, love and belonging, safety, and kind of physical needs. We've already known within employee experience that some of those are huge drivers. So for example, um, if you look at self-esteem self or self-actualization, we know that learning has been a huge trigger within employee experience and that growth um, has a huge impact on the overall employee's experience in an organization. But I think with COVID and with the times happening right now, you're really seeing the reemergence of really basic needs like the physical needs, for example, or, or safety needs that, you know, People take, for example, returning to work and everything that's happening with COVID right now, generations are worried about very different things as it relates to their physical needs. You may have more senior people working within your organization that are really worried about just their pure health risk of being exposed to others. You may have some younger folks or a younger generation that's more concerned about, you know, their emotional well-being or their financial security with layoffs and things like that. And so I think the more that we're able to really identify what are those kind of core human needs um, that are occurring across all of our different employees, then we can really target solutions that, that impact those. But I think it's much broader than, you know, just the culture or just the physical workplace, because, um, you know, if you think about even where DNI has gone over the years, you know, a lot of the focus has ended around inclusion and belonging and people wanting that love and belonging in the workplace. Uh, so I think there's still a lot of um, opportunity for this whole field to evolve. 
It's really interesting that I, I really like that idea of this returning to very basic human needs in, in the workplace. But so I suppose one of the challenges there, as you said, is identifying all of the different needs that different employees have and somehow trying to meet all of them, I suppose. But um, what how, how does one get started as a leader, I suppose, even identifying those core needs and trying to understand what they are? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think if you look across the organizations, they're going about it in a few different ways. Um, you know, of course, organizations and if there's, you know, typically the head of talent within that organization is playing some role of, of kind of as a convener, if you will. So at a systems level, they may have, you know, general surveys where they're getting employee feedback and opinions and things like that. But so much of that employee experience relies on the relationship with that manager, to your point. And the only way that leaders are really going to be able to draw what's most important to people, it's very basic. It's about talking to your employees and team members, understanding what's important to them. And as you know, heads of talent, whether they're CHROs or chief learning officers, as they really start to build out kind of the different employee life cycles or what those journeys look like, um, they've got to understand that a journey map, for example, looks really different if somebody is a diverse leader that's early career in the organization, that journey map and those moments that really matter to them within their employee experience are very different than somebody near retirement that's interested in volunteering afterward or getting reinvolved with the organization. So I think, you know, the same way that marketing folks for years have segmented their 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 uh, different targets, we need to do the same thing in HR. We need to be very intentional about mapping out what's important, serving and constantly reassessing with our employees to understand what is creating value for them and what isn't. And I don't think that's just, you know, historically HR has really owned so much of this. This culture, this experience is is needs to be owned really by every leader and every individual within that organization. And it, it really has to be reciprocal and that employees need to be forthcoming about what's really most important to them and leaders needs to constantly be asking. Of course. You mentioned culture a couple of times there. Mm-hmm. So I think this is something we could mine into as well. I suppose culture seems to play a totally different role now or ought to, I suppose. But mm-hmm. I think from a lot of the conversations I've had, it seems that a lot of leaders are still trying to figure it out and businesses are trying to sort of work out how on earth they treat their culture and how they should develop it. Mm-hmm. In, in your opinion then, how can HR leaders then keep kind of culture and values at the forefront in this time and, and I suppose, develop them in, in, in the right direction? Yeah, so I, you know, I don't th- think there's ever been a more important time or a time where culture and values were more on the front burner. Um, organizations are being forced to make really tough decisions right now with their workforce. Um, some organizations are, you know, going above and beyond. You know, I look at what Chipotle did in giving the their team members extra pay because of the situation they're dealing with, and so those values, I think, um, the way organizations respond right now is going to be critical for their employer brand in the next few years. I think employees are really going to remember those that really stepped up, those that went above and beyond, whether that be around mental health and well-being initiatives for their team members, whether that's around flexibility of when team members or employees return to the office, um, or whether that's those organizations that don't make the best choices. So for example, if we have a, a great organization who's struggling with this new remote work environment, does that organization really use its values if trust is one of the core values of that organization, but then they employ a software that tracks behind the scenes what employees are doing on their computers? You know, employees are really going to push back, I think, at organizations who don't align to their values. And 
frankly, with the new remote environment, the fact that, you know, organizations will be open to much bigger labor markets, you know, somebody potentially could get a role now in Iowa or in Europe um, or all around the globe. And so I think that employees are really going to start to hold organizations more accountable um, mm. because we'll have more choice as well. Of course. So uh, trust is something you mentioned there. And this is, again, it's, it's such a huge topic at, at, at the moment. It keeps coming up <laughs> every interview I seem to be yeah. doing because there is this really fine line now between monitoring productivity and trying to understand not only, I suppose, what workforces are up to, but also in mm -hmm. some level, try and think about their well-being and how can monitor that. But then on the flip side of that, you have surveillance, I suppose, and not really, not putting that trust in your employees and in your teams. How do you think that trust can be maintained or it can, can be held at the forefront of work and, and, and culture at the moment? Because it seems like it's never been more important, but also never at higher risk. Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, and, you know, I think right now, um, it's really highlighting those that were already great leaders versus those who were really struggling. And, and the virtual environment only brings about those things. I had um, a very senior leader come into my office and ask me a question, you know, how do I know that my team and all the people on my team are being effective now in this virtual environment? Is there a metric or something you can give me to measure that? Um, and I laughed a bit because I, I, I mean, I eventually just turned to him and asked him, well, how are you already measuring their effectiveness or their productivity? <laughs> um, and I think he realized in that moment the silliness of his question and that, you know, leadership and management really don't change in a virtual environment, but it's highlighted even more so those who really do have that understanding um, of what it looks like and, and, those, and those who don't. Um, and I think to your point, you know, as you think about trust in an organization, um, you know, unless, you know, most workers today in a traditional setting are, are not working on a manufacturing line where it's very simple, where you can say, you know, get three chocolates across this manufacturing belt and you'll get, you know, 25% more money. And so I always come back to, you know, an oldie but goodie, you know, Daniel Pink's work on motivation. And as we think of how you really get to motivate people through autonomy, mastery, um, and, 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 in a remote environment, you kind of have that on a, on a center stage. And so the autonomy and the opportunity for them to work independently is still there. Um, but also how do you tie into the desire for uh, mastery or impact during this time in a virtual environment? But I think we've got to really challenge senior leaders who are looking for that easy way to, to navigate, you know, what websites did my person go on? And it's even more important that HR leaders, I think, and heads of talent are really standing up to be what I would say is advocates for the human experience at work. Um, and it's, it's probably more important than ever that they really are championing that role in this time. You said something really interesting there about how it kind of, it, rather than having to make leaders change or businesses change the, the situation, it kind of highlights and puts pressure on things already there in a way, as you said. Mm -hmm. So like the, the way that you were leading before shouldn't necessarily change, but it, it does sort of highlight the cracks and puts pressure on things in a certain way. And yeah. uh, representing uh, Wellstar, as, as you are here, I suppose, uh, with a health system, one thing that it does keep coming up is is burnout, but also I feel like burnout and stress on an organizational level as well, and among teams and trying mm -hmm. to remain uh, positive and, and you know and and, and keeping yeah. going throughout all this stuff i suppose just to finish off before we have to let you go um what would be your top tips i guess for maintaining that vision and strength and avoiding that burnout on a personal level but also on an organizational level i guess and not completely losing the thread yeah great question 
Um, so I think on an organizational level, when I think about what organizations can do, I think there's it's just a critical time. Organizations need to be thinking about what mental health and well-being services they're offering their team members. How are they regularly keeping those things in front of, of different employees? I think it's critical. Um, on a personal level, I think just intentionality. Um, I am a huge um, note taker and every day I'll kind of write out my goals, my objectives for the day, um, but also just trying to be kind of aware of where I stand. Um, I, I grew up doing uh, TM, which is a type of med meditation. Oh, wow. Meditation. Really? Yeah, I know David Lynch um, did it, man. Truly just a, something that's been really just life-changing, I think, in terms of just wow. managing my own stress. And if I'm feeling a lot of pressure, you know, what's great in a, work, a remote environment is you can take that, you can really take that five minutes, reset, whether it's using your Calm app, whether it's doing a quick meditation, taking a few minutes just to check in about where you are and have a little bit more flexibility to then return to an environment when it's a little bit more stressful. That's fantastic. I think that might be the best like tip <laughs> we've had from out so far. Uh, Laura Daniels, thank you so much for joining us on the, the podcast. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we can have you back on again soon, preferably uh, post-lockdown in person. It would be great. Thanks so much, Michael. Pleasure talking to you today. Stay safe out there. And you.